Welcome to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. Let me ask you a question. First question. Sequel movies with the number two in the title. Mm-hmm. Best, worst. Ooh. Now I'm putting you right on the spot. Right yeah, I was trying to think like I I am not a big fan of the numbers actually. Right, the, most well, okay. of the most of the sequels why. I really like do not have the number in them. And here's the thing: why? Well, okay, first of all, let's just say for those of you who are listening, you're thinking, "Well, wait, hold on. What do you mean by that?" Okay, here's what doesn't count: yeah. Roman numerals. No, so Rocky two. <laughs> no, Episode two, Attack of the Clones. No, forget about that. You can't do with it spelled out. T W O. No. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, out. Mm-hmm. Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Mm. No, you're not going to mm-hmm. consider that. And they said, well, and we're not going to do, we're not even do ridiculous things like, oh, two T-O-O, yeah. like, look who's talking to. Right. No, that doesn't Or when count. they try and sneak the number in, like, take three in, uh, or seven uh, in. Yeah, no, no, we're not. No, none of that. So here's what I did. I got my top three. I got my bottom three. Okay. Okay. So let's start with the bottom three. Jaws 2. <laughs> not, great, not great more jaws and i know we always make it this i'm not uh, breaking two electric boogaloo <laughs> i mean that you can't great title though it's a great title i don't know we've we've used that we've talked about that title oh, title's gonna yeah. get more it's got more mileage left in it right i'm gonna i'm gonna probably say it's it's yeah i'm sorry to sandra bullock but speed two oh, cruise control, cruise control. that's just Wah. no that yeah. didn't that no. didn't work out um the honorable mention for that is leprechaun back to the hood Apologies to to Warwick Davis, but anyway, I mean, so. <laughs> hey, everybody's got pay, bills to pay. Yeah, exactly. All right, so my top three like, wasn't that like Leprechaun Six though? Yeah, and and that's true. <laughs> I just want to say, but it is a two. It's a, it's a numeral right. two. It, you're right. It has a Let's two. just be clear. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna go reverse order. Incredibles two. Mm, okay, because I okay. enjoyed Incredibles two yeah, a lot. It was solid. Um, Terminator two. Oh, Terminator two. So yeah. Terminator two. That's yeah. obviously great. And a really personal favorite of mine. I know a lot of people may not think so. Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. Toy Story Which, 2, where uh, Pixar went from, like, are they the one-hit wonder? Like, they, they made two okay movies, and then all right. of a sudden they came out Toy Story 2, and then showed everybody, oh, no, they have rewritten the family movie rule book. Oh, absolutely. No, Toy yeah. Story 2. I still get I still get uh, goosebumps watching the intro when it's yeah. Buzz Lightyear in the game, but you don't know that yet. Right. Spoiler. Yeah. Or, or the song that Randy Newman wrote. Yeah. It's, you know, Jesse's okay. telling her story. I mean, yes. come on. It's that is a phenomenal, a phenomenal sequel with the yeah. actual numeral two in the title. Yes. Why do I why do I bring that up? <laughs> is it because we're here to talk about Iron Man two? <laughs> here we are, Kyle. It's Iron Man two from two thousand. Yeah, from two thousand and ten, directed by John Favreau. Yay! Yeah. So yeah, we're 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 all right. Here we go. Like let's let's get into it because the first bit is not action packed. So it's not, <laughs> but some really amazing stuff that I I know we always love to talk about. Yeah, T- and titles, and, right? Yeah, because right, we get we go right from titles and we go right into an intro. We don't go right into right. a full on credit sequence. Right. So the first thing we see is Paramount, and it's interesting because at this point, they Marvel Studios had already been purchased by. Walt Disney, like that deal had closed the 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 Christmas beforehand. So they are, but because all the deals were already in place, all these things had to stay. So be, this was still a Paramount movie 
you know, being Marvel Studios was doing it through Paramount, but Disney technically was behind the scenes owning it, even though they had almost nothing to do with the actual, you know, production making of. Contracts. So it's like, yeah, exactly, Contracts. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Law. It's like we're don't worry. This is this is not the way this podcast normally goes. But <laughs> just right. just so everyone knows where we were at, we kind of need to do that. And so, um, it's interesting where John Favreau was at too, because he was sort of coming off of 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 the bench like he he was sort of like this small indie filmmaker thing like his biggest hit was elf right and then he did iron man all of a sudden he went into the stratosphere so of course like they threw all the money at him they could and said you know we got we need to have a sequel right away and they you know basically rushed it into production and it went a little too fast as we're going to see over the next 125 minutes well you know i mean he did all that but yeah exactly it was like he had half the amount of time in order to to put together you know basically what they wanted a bigger better version of what they had already gotten right uh one of the things that i uh love is and i'm a big fan we've talked about this in 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 the previous season i love motion graphics i just Mm -hmm. intrigued by all this so the paramount logo comes in um and this is the uh animation the 2010 version obviously from the movie that's right by my count, and this could be different, this might be shocking to people, this is the 73rd version of the Paramount oh, Studios interesting. movie graphic, what, how you want to call that, the intro, right, graphic. Yeah. Um, and they almost they, they change it almost every year for like the beginning of it. So the first logo is from 1912. And it's different. It, it's the, the 1912 logo, the one that you know today with the mountain and the stars, mm-hmm. that one doesn't start until 1914. Right. But in 1912, their first logo, it has the uh, tragedy and comedy masks and just some, some wording and stuff. And it looks very much like a, like a wooden engraving sort of thing. Um, so 1914 is, is where we start to get to the, the close uh, logo that we think of today. That's right. The, so, the co-founder of Paramount, uh, William Wadsworth Hodgkinson. Correct. Yes. <laughs> because that, when you're running a studio, you got to have a name like that. Uh, right. He wanted something more grand, more things. So he, he said... Well, I I spent a lot of time in Utah, and they had these amazing mountains. So can you can you make me one of those? Right. And so they actually had commissioned this piece of art. This like it's not it's not a real mountain, but it's kind of like some mountains that he'd seen in Utah, all standing by itself. And then they had twenty four stars across it. Rob, do you know why there's twenty four stars in the original logo? I I do actually. I thought you might. <laughs> it's, for the, it's for the so it was the number of signed actors that they had at the studio at the time. The original idea was was that, oh, every time we have a new actor signed, early days of Hollywood, we'll add a star. And then I think quickly they realized, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to run out of space here really quickly and so forth. So, And yeah. the number of stars have changed over the years, right. uh, more and less and stuff, but you know, roughly in that same area. Um, and so we've got, uh, the, like I said, the 2010 version around the 73rd. The one we're currently using now, I think, is the 79th. It might be the 79th or 80th. Again, it depends on how you count them. Okay. Um, and that's the one where it's got the lake. It's the full animated one where the, the one star kind of grazes the lake. Yeah. All go up and then the the Paramount word uh, kind of scales in. You know, one of my favorite memories of this logo? What? Is from uh, the 1981 Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. Right? When, the, when the, that mountain actually turns into a real mountain. Yes. And telling the story when the very beginning of, of Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he's out looking for the the idol. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, and I, and growing up, I always had a fascination with this logo, the same mm-hmm. kind of fascination I had with 20th Century Fox, with, of course, with Star Wars. I just found these were so interesting, like, you know, and especially when the movies sort of try to use that, that what, how do we make that transition and that cross dissolve from the logo to the storytelling? I always find that interesting. 
Yeah, so. I, I, I was as I was digging into the art, I, I found out that the one that we saw most of the time when we went were seeing movies was an actual real painting. In yes. 1986, they actually commissioned an artist, Dario Campanile, and he's he's Italian, so I assume I'm saying it the right way. Uh, they actually had him do a a real, you know, photorealistic looking mountain, and they used it for many years. They had it for their uh, 75th anniversary. They commissioned it, and so that was the and it's in front of all the movies that came out from then, uh, from Critical Condition in 1987, starring um, Richard Pryor. Uh, ending the final film it was used on was. Crossroads in 2002, starring Britney Spears. What? Two of the wow. gems of the Paramount <laughs> catalog. catalog. Yes. Uh, so the uh, so that there is a real so out there there is a real painting of that mountain that they used and all this stuff. So it's out there. Uh, the artist uh, Dario is still alive. He's living in Maui, uh, wow. and so he is he is not he's not even retired. You can if you're in the market for some artwork, he is a, a professional painter who is selling his stuff online. So uh, let's see. The quote I have from him is: "My main goal is to be able to express my true soul and continue my journey by taking risks and always allowing myself to explore new visions." Wow. Well, look at that. Look at, I mean, to have that type of impact into the, right? seriously, the history of a movie studio, I think that's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. awesome. So, so we finished up the Paramount logo and we moved to Marvel Studios. So like I said, this was this was a, a still a, a recent purchase by Disney, so they did not make any changes. Eventually, we'll see this logo sort of go away, but at this point, it's still uh, focused on comic panels. Uh, as far as we could tell, it's the, the same one they used in front of Iron Man. I don't see any, any major differences, but uh, more obsessive fans than us have gone through and tried to figure out where all these panels come from and have not been that successful. So uh, if you've if you know something or you've seen somewhere where those come from, we're happy to get the information. But uh, in our research, we could not find uh, where each one of these, I know, couple hundred probably images that fly by. All yeah, and, and this is a great, I love this effect too, because it's kind of yeah. like, it's got the sound effect and like the page like you're flipping through, through, like through it. Yeah. Through a comic book. Yeah. No, it was really well done. And I think that's why it stayed. It's, you know, this, like I said, it, it was mostly uh, looks almost unchanged, but there are some, there are some minor changes from Iron Man. Uh, and if you're wondering well, you're familiar, obviously, with the current one. That current one that you can think of for the Marvel Studios logo, that doesn't begin until 2016 with Doctor Strange. Right. So they had a variety of different ones that they used. The logo changed around. They had put the studio and di- studios word word mark in different places and different styles. So, uh, And while this is playing, we should know, too, when you're starting off with this, we mm-hmm. hear voices. That's right. Uh, but they're not new voices. They're old voices because we're hearing the audio from the press conference that concluded the original Iron Man movie. So we're, we're hearing uh, sort of like the, the press version of it. Uh, but as, we, as we're hearing Robert Downey Jr. talking about it, and he's basically doing the, the prepared statement he had made. Uh, as we're going through, then suddenly we're actually hearing other dialogue too, because there's a Russian translation that's going over the top of it, because we're seeing that this is being watched live uh, from Moscow. And we've got some interesting uh, establishing shots as this transitions mm-hmm. to that shot. So we've got a um, a scene, kind of looks obviously looks like winter. Uh, we get the word, the title, Moscow. Uh, and the building that's portrayed here in the first shot is uh, a famous building. For those of you who remember uh, the Russian, uh, whatever happened in the n- early 90s and stuff with the uh, uh, Russian constitutional crisis, the parliament that they, they, they the, basically the crumbling of the Soviet Union. Hmm. Uh, this is actually the house of the government of the Russian Federation, also known as the Russian White House. Oh. The Russian White House, actually in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, so, timely timely so uh you know it, it's a real no it's a, actually it's a really beautiful building um you know it's it's got this really nice sort of like lower level with these it's almost kind of like reminiscent of the united states capitol building uh with the east and west you know the the sides of it uh, more elongated from the center part and then the structure in the middle it's just kind of like a a a flattened birthday cake. I mean, it's kind of a neat, you know, r- rounded corners and stuff. And it's got this really cool, like a uh, gold clock that uh, appears at the top of the building. So hmm. uh, v- very, if you, if you know anything about Moscow, this is almost, uh, you know, the, the, the church that's in the square, one of the main squares in, in Moscow, that just almost as, as recognizable as a building from, uh, from Russia. So nice, lesser known establishing shot. Yeah, like they, got, they got two shows because apparently in movies, it's always winter in Russia. Right. So we go to those two quick shots. And then uh, the third shot is California. Then we go to the soundstage. <laughs> this is uh, this is actually because uh, uh, here's what interesting the difference between last season and this season, Rob. 95% of Iron Man 2 was shot in the good old US of A. Oh, we've left Canada. We've We're left Canada. Back. No more looking at Yonge Street and uh, <laughs> figuring out uh, which street signs they had to take the U's off of. Like oh, yeah, we're true. we're in the we're in the United States for for most of the this this movie except for you know one uh, deviation, um, but yeah. So so when they when they cut back to the the street shot where they're looking across the street, that is a soundstage they built in uh, the back lot, Paramount, and then uh, the rest is like they they flew they they created their own snow, covered the ground, uh, all of it. So this that was actually shot in in the heat of Southern California. It just meant to look like cold Russia. Always amazing to me how you can simulate cold weather, yeah, in places that are not because this because you've also got the steam, you've got the 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 atmospheric effects, everything. Yeah. So the two big things that obviously tell you where you're at, in mm-hmm. addition to you being told three seconds earlier, yeah, is there is a storefront with a large sign over it that is clearly in Russian. Mm-hmm. And I, did you look? At, did you find what the translation? I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. Did you find it? So here's what I had to do. Now, hmm. I, I went ahead and installed Google Translate on my phone. Okay. I paused I paused the movie and then I just Oh, that's so smart. I love <laughs> and then that. I app. just did that. So here's the funny thing. According to Google Translate, sure. That word is products. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume that's a general store. It's a general store. Yeah. That sells products. Oh, okay. Russian that's products. Like, yeah, not high quality products. All right. Well, so the two things that stood out of me in this scene, and, and this is just a nice, you know, pullback zoom, you know, it's a, yeah. it, you know, to kind of give you again the atmosphere. Sure. So you get that sign, but you know what? What's the other thing in this scene that you can't take your eyes off of? The car. Oh, that car. And what that is that car? car? That's what right. Is that car? Oh, it's a beautiful red 1987 Yugo GV. Oh, the Yugo. The Yugo. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what Yugos are, Yugo was a mm-hmm. subcompact hatchback car originally manufactured by the Sestava Automobiles, the which Sistava. at the time was a they were a Yugoslav corporation. So hence the word, the popular branding of it, the Yugo. It was marketed in the United States from 1985 to 1992. Oh, yes. A total of 141,000 and a few were sold. Peaking in 1987 with almost 50,000, falling to only 1,400 in 1992. Rob, can I uh, hit you with one of my my dad's favorite jokes from that time? Oh, here we go. Go. So, hey, Rob, did you hear that they're uh, about to roll out a four-door version of the Yugo? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's called the WeGo. (laughs) And that's a dad joke. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. 
you okay again if you're if you're old enough to remember these you totally remember these because wh- why were they a big deal they were cheap super cheap and under four thousand that word i mean yeah. i think like i think i think i looked up the ads and the old ads were like 39.90 that was the price of these yeah. uh which was amazing which is amusing because we're, we're we have a current if you if you're at all interested in automobiles right now there is apparently a sub one thousand dollar automobile that you can buy from china that you, there's YouTube videos on this. And what oh. is it? It's a glorified golf cart with <laughs> with like, with, the do- with doors. I mean, that, right? But the Yugo was a big, you know, it was a big deal because it was cheap. And then quickly yeah. everyone realized it was also a piece of crap. So, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting how you can, you can set a car in a location and instantly sort of know in the same way that we saw the, the VW bug yes, in Brazil yes. and you're like, Oh, South America. Cause it's a big thing in South America. You put a, you go in here and you're like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. That's, ex- that was exactly the reference I was going to use is yeah. in fact, what's funny is if you look this up and you find the old ads for it, the old ads show a Volkswagen beetle. And then the Yugo and the and their tagline was introducing the same old idea, Yugo thirty nine ninety. Like, <laughs> okay, I say it did. Totally I can say the Yugo did not get nearly the amount of pop culture love. I think maybe no. if they had their own Herbie, I yeah, that's Herbie. Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it has gone down in history. I mean, a lot of car historians basically consider it the worst car in history. Yeah, because and and, yeah, and it, it knocked the Pinto out of the top spot. Yeah. It did. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of '70s movies with jokes about Pintos. So, so we get from there. We see some people. We obviously see yeah. some people, and then we transition to the interior and an old CRT television. That's right. Someone's watching something. So, um, and 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 basically, that's where the minute ends. I mean, there's a there's a little cameo that uh, shows up just for a second. Uh, we see. I mean, you see Robert Downey Jr. on the screen, uh, but we're going to talk about that first new character. We're going to talk about in the next minute because they get a lot more screen time then. But uh, you'd think that would be enough talking about logos and cars, but no, because really what we need to do now is we need to talk about meanwhile in the MCU. Oh, that's right. I hit it right in the first minute. I need, I got I didn't, think I didn't think you'd have it. I thought you would just drop it in later. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. We've done this before. <laughs> yeah. I got so, lucky. all right. So my original thought was like, okay, let's do what happened between then and now, like between Iron Man 2. But it turns out we're still in Iron Man 1. So there's really not much to talk about. So I just wanted to basically say, for those of you who are joining us for the very first time, Meanwhile MCU is I like to check in with what's also going on uh, in the other MCU movies and things like, because a lot of things are happening simultaneously. So um, so this will be a very, very short one, but this will be happening a lot more in this one than it did in the last one because there's so much happening at the same time as Iron Man 2. Uh, but I, I have two little notes of things. So, because this, so this is November 25th, 2009. That is when the the can, canonical version of like Iron Man's press conference happens. So even though it was, you know, the movie was released, shot in 2007, released in 2008, they, they, the timeline says, and obviously I'm, I'm pulling this from Marvel Cinematic Universe.fandom.com. They have obsessively gone through and cross-referenced everything together and they put together as the, as definitive of a timeline as you could possibly have. So this is happening then, but two interesting things that happened uh, in 2009 before we get to this point uh, is on March 9th of 2009, Natasha Romanoff uh, was sent to Iran to escort a scientist out. And while she was there, she was shot 
But she wasn't shot to kill. No, the Winter Soldier shot through her to kill the scientist to make sure she never got it out. And she carries the scar through the rest of her life. What? Yeah, that happened in March 9th of 2009. So, and then uh, November 18th of 2009. So just a couple of days earlier this, Prince T'Challa accepted the mantle of the Black Panther from his father, T'Chaka. Wait, this is all, what? Same year, this is all happening in 2009 before we even get to this point. Oh my, okay. So there'll be there'll be some time, we're going to be playing with time here in the next couple of minutes, whatever, but just like, uh, so uh, from time to time, we're going to stop to say, see what's going on in the MCU. Oh yeah, so. no, you're, and for those of you who are new new listeners, this is a fantastic sequence because <laughs> trust me, your, your mind will be blown. Go ahead if you haven't if you haven't watched the last uh, maybe 15 20 minutes of the incredible hulk in season 2 go back and listen because oh, yeah. there is a mind blowing experience <laughs> there of meanwhile in the MCU that's so, right yeah because it's fantastic we're, we're seeing things that didn't happen in the proper order so uh then we we get we see someone is watching on this anyway we see something off in the top corner and then that's where the minute comes to an end and that's something off in the top corner <laughs> oh what's that is it that's a weird sound is it, just someone in the office laughing? I don't. I, I probably I probably should cut that sound. You probably should. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think people are going to be like, "All right, that's going to okay. get okay." That got old. That like yeah. got, <laughs> episode zero zero and minute one, yeah, and we're that, done. That cockatoo is not is no lonely man. What is that? Oh no! <laughs> this this marks minute one. Mm-hmm. Boy deciding. That's right. First Boyd. Put it on the 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 right. hatch mark or hash mark, whatever you want to call them. That's right. Boom. There we go. First Boyd. Boyd. You'll find out more what that means later. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's and that's where I'm gonna come to an end. Uh, to find so to find out uh who who is the first new character introduced in Iron Man 2, you're gonna have to wait until minute two. So in the meantime, uh we are on Instagram. Yeah, uh, we have recently uh, gone to Instagram and are having a really good time there. There's, we're actually putting up some really cool videos and uh, and pictures and all kinds of stuff. So you can follow us at the next reel. Uh, we'll be putting some uh, Marvel movie minute stuff up there, along with all the selections from all of our other shows as well. So follow us on Insta. Check we're blowing out. up. Yeah. Yes. So all right, so that was minute one. So there, our journey has begun. So join us back here for minute two as we dig deeper into the mystery and madness of Iron Man 2. Nuff said. Bye. <laughs>